Are you out there doing your best to get on with life? Because, as you already know, it's what you make of your life that really counts. And sometimes having a few shortcuts to help you on your way can be very useful. The NLP Matters podcast might just be the toolbox you need to focus your attention, your effort, your drive onto what really does make the difference. Built on the foundation of neuro-linguistic programming, the NLP Matters podcast offers proven recipes you can use to create and sustain your life your way. G'day and welcome to the NLP Matters podcast. I'm your host, Joe Clark. Probably as you can hear, my voice has not cleared up as I had hoped. So today you're going to have the pleasure of listening to my other half, Peter Drummond, who will host today's episode on my behalf. Thanks, Joe, and we look forward to your voice getting better and you being back on board next week. Since episode 16, we've been exploring the NLP technique called the Keys to an Achievable Outcome. This is a powerful set of keys that unlocks the foundation for ensuring our desired outcomes or goals are structured and designed in a way that maximises our potential for success. Last week, Joe focused on keys three and four, specifying the outcome in detail and specifying our evidence procedure. In today's episode, we'll explore the fifth and sixth keys, which are checking that the outcome is congruently desirable and making sure it's self-initiated and maintained. One of the tools that NLP gives us to getting a real focus and clarity around our goals is the keys to an achievable outcome, which really solidifies the first of the principles of success that we've looked at in early episodes, knowing your outcome. So the keys to an achievable outcome can be seen as an expression of the science of setting goals. And it's great that we actually know what works when it comes to setting goals. So having covered steps one to four, let's get into the next two. The fifth step in the keys to an achievable outcome is to ask ourselves, is the goal congruently desirable? Now this is a really good question for us to think about, because it's a question that is designed to get to the heart of what motivates us to achieve our outcomes. This step that has us check whether our outcome is congruently desirable is all about our lining our conscious mind with our unconscious mind. Because unless they're aligned, we're going to find it very difficult to achieve our goals. We might have stated our outcome in the positive, which was step one, specify the present situation, which was step two, describe the outcome in detail, step three, and clearly describe the evidence for how we'll know when we've achieved it, step four. And yet here we are trying, trying, trying to achieve this outcome, and we're just not getting there. And yet we know we have the skills and capabilities to achieve the goal, and we believe that we can achieve it, but it's just not happening. And then we might beat ourselves up for it, for not being good enough or not achieving it. Clearly, something isn't right. And we can get all logical about it, thinking everything seems to be in place, tick, tick, tick. But that's just going to create things like frustration and confusion. Whereas chances are, it's because for some reason, our conscious and our unconscious mind aren't on the same page. Now this might be for a variety of reasons. Odds are 
that somewhere there's a conflict. It might be with our beliefs, our identity, our values, or it may be that in achieving our goals, our needs are just not being met. For example, I might be working in or have started up my own small business and I've set myself a sales target for the quarter, so for three months, and it soon becomes abundantly clear that I'm not doing anywhere near enough sales to meet my target. And yet I've done the sales training, I think I'm a good communicator, I've got the leads, but I can't seem to close the sale. What's the problem? Well, it might be that I have a conflict in terms of my identity. If I've seen myself as someone who can't sell in the past, then that might have formed part of who I see myself as being. And one of the jobs of my unconscious mind is to preserve my identity. So it's not too happy about doing something that threatens it, and so it might sabotage the outcome. There may be other beliefs that are associated with this identity, beliefs like, if I sell to people, they won't like me. And this, in turn, might be closely linked to my needs, like a need to be liked, being in conflict with the need to do sales. Now, there are other identity-related conflicts that signal a lack of congruence, such as, I'm not good enough, or I'm not worthy. We hear these a lot from clients who are having trouble, for example, losing weight. Someone might set this goal based on judging themselves harshly, like they're standing outside of themselves, looking at themselves, thinking, I'm overweight, I'm not good enough. So the unconscious mind rejects the goal. Now, if we have the skills and capabilities and an attitude of, yes, I believe I can do this, and we're still not achieving it, then the goal is not congruent. And whenever we are incongruent, we need to ask ourselves, where am I out of alignment? Is it with my values, my beliefs, my core needs? Is there a conflict between how my head, my heart, and my gut respond to this outcome? This is a good example of developing sensory acuity. Remember the five success principles? It's a good idea to practice being present to how it feels when things are in alignment and how it feels when things are not. Now the sixth step, self-initiated and self-maintained, is important because if the outcome or goal isn't our outcome or goal, that is, if we're really doing it for someone else and not for ourselves, then again our unconscious mind just won't get on board. Remember, our unconscious mind is there to protect our identity and to help us get what we want. It might sound a bit selfish, but if the outcome isn't truly ours, and we're not fired up by what we will get when we have it, then we simply won't be motivated to achieve the outcome. Our unconscious mind is a bit like our inner five or six-year-old child. It wants to know what's in it for me. Think about step five again, having the outcome be congruently desirable. There's no point having the outcome meet someone else's core needs. It must meet ours. So just before we look a bit more at how specifically these steps work, let's quickly recap on what these steps five and six mean. So again, the fifth step is to check if the goal is congruently desirable, and the sixth step is to ensure that the goal is self-initiated and self-maintained. And congruently desirable is when our conscious and unconscious mind are aligned and on the same page, so there's no conflict with our values or our beliefs and the outcome meets our needs. And self-initiated and self-maintained means I'm doing this for myself, not for someone else. And the success and achievement of the outcome is in my control. It doesn't rely on someone else. So with step five and six, we're really answering the question, what will this outcome get for me or allow me to do? In other words, 
why do I want this goal in the first place? Now, thinking about goals being congruently desirable, the current situation with the restrictions in Victoria with this second wave of the pandemic throws up some fascinating examples. For example, the government and the health authorities have some clear goals, mainly around driving the infection numbers down by having everyone adapt their behaviours in a number of ways. Practising a hygiene regime that includes keeping a safe distance from others, coughing into our elbows, washing hands regularly, wearing a mask, getting tested, and staying home from work if we get symptoms. Those kind of things. Now, a lot of people have looked at that and said to themselves, yep, I'm on board with that goal and I'll do everything I can to achieve it. Now, even though it wasn't their idea in the first place, they've taken it on as their own and they can do what they can in their circle of control to achieve it. Others have also thought, yep, I'm on board, but their behaviour says something else. Maybe they've gone to work with symptoms, or maybe they've gone to get tested for COVID and then gone shopping. We've all heard those stories. So even though they are thinking they're on board, their actions are saying something else. There's some internal conflict that has them behave in a way contrary to their stated intention. It might be, in the case of going to work with symptoms, that they wouldn't get paid if they didn't go to work. So there might be a conflict between doing the right thing and having the money to support their family. And their unconscious mind will rationalise their decision by telling them things like, oh, it's only cold anyway, I'm not a close contact of anyone with it, odds are pretty slim I've got it, things like that. The important thing to remember here is that the conflict will initially be unconscious. And it's only through asking ourselves, how do I know I'm not congruent in terms of this outcome? And how do I know where I'm at in alignment? That we can bring it into our conscious thinking. Now, the first place we look is in our behaviour. Now, looking at step six, self-initiated and self-maintained, let's look at a couple of other examples to explain how this works. When something is self-initiated, it's something you are committed to and not something you're doing for someone else. That doesn't mean you can't get motivation from doing something for others. For example, it could be the difference between having a shared goal with someone, supporting someone to achieve their goal. Let's say there is a couple and one of them decides to have a goal of going to university and getting a degree. Now, of course, their partner wants them to succeed. So they might do things like taking on extra responsibilities in the house in order to free up their partner's time to study. But it's still not their goal. The partner not enrolled in the course isn't going to be motivated to stay up all night to finish that assignment that's due the next morning. Only the student is going to be motivated to do that. Well, hopefully. Contrast this to the couple deciding together to save for a family holiday. The two of them are equally invested in the outcome. Similarly, when something is self-maintained, it means that the achievement of the outcome is in the sphere of control of that person. Take the example of the couple again. In the case of getting the university degree, the successful completion is only in the control of one person whoever it is who is actually doing the degree, whereas the family holiday is in the control of the couple jointly. Other examples of goals not being self-maintained are where people make goals like, I want my kids to be happy, or by the end of the year I want to be in a loving relationship. In the first instance, no matter how great a parent we are, whether or not our kids are happy, ultimately is not in our control. It's only in theirs. In the second example, whether we are in a relationship is not just in our control. The other person has a big say in it. Now, we might go and deal with some issues we've had that means 
the relationships that we do have at the moment with friends and family, for example, are loving and nurturing, at least from our perspective, but ultimately the achievement of that goal, we can't say it's self-maintained. So this is one really good example of that old saying that we can only work on what we can control and we need to let go of what we can't. So now you can see that having a goal or an outcome that is congruently desirable and self-initiated and self-maintained can be so important to achieving that outcome. Now remember, when you are ready to commit to your goals, the keys to an achievable outcome will give you the structure to build a foundation so strong it will be unbreakable. So join Joanne in the next episode as she explores the next two steps of the keys to an achievable outcome. The seventh step, ensuring that the goal is appropriately contextualised. And the eighth step, which is to ensure that we have all the resources needed to achieve our goal. So stay awesome, and we look forward to connecting with you in the next episode. Wow, thanks for showing up and listening in. We would love to hear from you. Send your thoughts, ideas, or questions via email to joanne at destinypursuit.com.au. Now it's time to take today's recipe out into your own life. Notice the differences that show up as you apply it. We'd love to hear how you are progressing with your new approach.